0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We gotta bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially Grace.
1: Grace, stand
0: up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the situation with the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine refugees and because they had workers who were part of the October 7th attacks. And this news came out um, that—let me just read a little bit here from Town Hall. The State Department announced last Friday that there would be a pause in funding for the entity devoted to so-called Palestinian refugees due to a reported link in ties to Hamas terrorists who perpetrated the October 7th attack against Israel— now, John Kirby didn't want people to rush to judgment when it comes to the UNRWA. Now, keep in mind, in 2018, the Trump administration defunded the UN, the UNRWA. They didn't want to fund them anymore. They, they pulled funding from it. And yesterday I was watching a lot of coverage, and Mike Pompeo said it was an open secret, basically, that this was a bad organization. And so I wanted to play this cut because Kirby's essentially warning us against letting a few bad apples spoil the whole batch. So this is John Kirby cut one.
1: Um, And as I said last week, let's not impugn the good work of a whole agency uh, because of the potential bad actions here by a small number. I am not dismissing the seriousness of the allegations against those employees and whether there's going to be more that will be found. Hopefully the investigation will uh, will, uh, uh, will will give us more insight. It is important and the, the, the UNRWA staff uh, commissioner general and the un secretary general guterres last week made it clear they're taking this seriously. Uh, that's our expectation, too. It's really important that this investigation be as thorough and as transparent and as credible as possible. And we're going to be watching more closely.
2: Those actions, by the way, that he's talking about include helping hold Israelis hostage during October 7th during those attacks and partaking in the attacks on a kibbutz, the most violent of all the attacks, Um, on October 7th. Now, the reason I I bring this up today is because Kirby yesterday was so concerned about impugning the reputation of the entire agency. And the Wall Street Journal has a very important piece out that breaks down the statistics involved when it comes to the staff at the UNRWA. It says the Wall Street Journal had noted that around 10% of all UNRWA's Gaza staff have ties to Islamic militant Groups Around 10%, according to intelligence reports reviewed by The Wall Street Journal. The report further indicated that nearly half of all UNRWA employees, an estimated 49%, also had close relatives who also had official ties to the militant groups, especially Hamas. It's also worth reminding that the Wall Street Journal had been reporting from the start about Hamas being backed by Iran. So this is from Town Hall. But I thought that number was insane. I mean, obviously, the 10 percent is insane right there. But 49 percent of the UNRWA employees have close relatives who have ties to militant groups, especially Hamas. And this is the agency that Kirby is, you know, walking on eggshells, so afraid to offend. And Kirby's usually semi decent about having Israel's back. But I guess maybe he was just, he was defending Israel too much, maybe. And the protesters are getting mad at him. And maybe Joe Biden told him, like he did BB, you know, calm down a little bit, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting my radical base too upset. Speaking of, something else I wanted to mention here is that Pelosi was on the shows over the weekend and she was talking about how she thinks some of these protesters, these pro-Palestinian, in some cases pro-Hamas protesters, are puppets of Putin. She She's very curious about the funding of these protesters. And here's the part of it that doesn't surprise me. Last week, Pelosi was at a some sort of fundraiser or gala or, you know, one of those things that she goes to. And she was speaking and she was being heckled by these protesters. And typically what happens is Republicans are heckled out of restaurants or out of events or out of colleges for, you know, speaking about, you know, you name it. And you'll get climate activists or trans activists and they'll heckle Republicans. Democrats aren't as used to that kind of treatment from people. And I remember thinking, I don't think that's going to fly for a long time with Nancy Pelosi because let's let's go back in time to DiFi. And I referenced this last week as well. When DiFi was annoyed with the climate activists, the young kids who were brought into her office telling her she had to do this or she had to do that in order to save the planet. At that point, she was an old biddy. And she was looking at them like, you're not telling me what to do. And I remember thinking, that's one perk of being that old, an octogenarian, is you can tell the young, annoying pains in the asses, hit the road. Like, I don't need to take this from you. Now, Joe Biden doesn't do that. Joe Biden caves to the hecklers. Joe Biden had one heckler at an event and he kowtowed to that person because he was so afraid of you know, uh, upsetting that heckler. But Pelosi's different. You know, Pelosi, she's thin-skinned and she's short-tempered. Like, she does not... Think about it. Think about the time she got caught getting her hair done during COVID. I thought for sure that'd be one time where Pelosi would own it and say, I'm sorry, I apologize. She does not apologize. She actually is always either the victim or she'll point the finger at somebody else. But she gets, like, if you back her into a corner, she gets very snippy. And you know what word I'll use? I wish I could use a different word, but unlike Joy Reid, I keep it PG-13 on the show. She gets witchy is the word I'll use to describe it. If I had a little bit more leeway, I might use a different word. So Pelosi is confronted by these hecklers. And I knew that was going to drive her nuts. She does not like to be interrupted. And Lord knows what she says behind the scenes about like the squad members and their voters. She must she must be. Very, very angry about the way this is all turning out anyway, though. So she goes on the morning shows over the weekend and she blames it on Russia and Putin. Then there's a video of her getting into her car in San Francisco and she's confronted by protesters there And she starts saying to them, go back to China. That's where your offices are. Go back to China. Now, this has not gotten nearly as much play as I thought it would. And I don't think, Emma, tell me if I'm wrong here. The audio is not great of this. Yeah, it's not. You can't really hear that much of it. But I will tell you this. Can you imagine if Donald Trump or any Republican for that matter, was getting into their car and was heckled by someone and looked at that person and said, go back to China. That would be wall-to-wall coverage. That would be all day long. But she's had it. She's had it. And she's not She's not going to play nice. She's not apparently going to be politically correct. And she doesn't like being told what to do. And Joe Biden, meanwhile, though, he's taking orders from the people... In his White House, in his administration, who are mad at him. And recently we talked about how the members of certain agencies, governmental agencies, were doing a, a a day of mourning to show their support for Gaza and their support for freeing Palestine. And I have an update on that for you. This is from the Daily Mail. Dozens of U.S. government workers, including defense and state departments, plan to go on a one-day hunger strike for Gaza in protest to Biden's support of Israel on February 1st. I said it like Taylor, February. I'm trying to be cool like that. But they're going to go on a one-day hunger strike. I don't know which is more powerful, Emma. The, the anonymous day off work where they all stayed home. They took like an anonymous day of absence from their work, which, by the way, if your boss doesn't notice when you don't come in, that's not good. That doesn't bode well for your career. If you can take a day off work anonymously and nobody even figures out you're gone, you've got an issue right there. But now they're going to go on a one day hunger strike, a one day hunger. Even Cynthia Nixon from Sex in the City, I think she did at least two days. One day hunger strike. It's like, what are we even talking about? What's next? A 12 hour? I'm going to go on a three hour hunger strike to free Palestine. I, and again, I would just love and I feel the same way about the climate activists throwing soup at the Mona Lisa Just explain, walk me through how this is saving the polar bears. Like, walk me through how the hunger strike, how a bunch of nerds from the State Department going on a hunger strike for 24 hours. How does that free Palestine? How does that do anything in regards to the Israel-Hamas war? And you might say, well, it sends a message. Does it? Like, does it send a message The message it sends me is that you can only go 24 hours. People go longer than that for a colonoscopy. And that's all you're going to do for Gaza. Well, Emma, what what, what, you have something to say.
0: It's not like they're taking your food,
2: Grace. It's just they're not eating. I, I know. But to me, and maybe I just don't get the way the hunger strikes work. But I just thought it was longer than that. I thought that the whole point of it was that. you you send a message
0: by if they did some sort of Robin Hood where they took your food off your plate maybe you would notice
2: no yeah you're right you're right well when Cynthia Nixon did it she had like five people in front of the White House and she said yeah they're doing a hunger strike I'm not going to be able to do it when I go back to work filming for my show but I'm doing it right now and right there I'm like "No, no no this isn't something where you tap in tap out like, oh, uh, pause, I, I need to resume eating for a little bit. You're either in it or you're not in it. That's how I see it, at least. 844 4242 By the way, when we come back, we're going to talk about endorsements, celebrity endorsements, and whether they mean anything. And we're also going to talk about the border, because Joe Biden gave some comments on the border and what he needs. He just needs more money and more power so that he can do... uh nothing in regards to the border and also he's wearing very interesting shoes they look like dress shoes slash sneakers or like sneakers that were painted to look like dress shoes i can't really figure it out we're going to talk about that and remember representative jamal bowman who pulled the fire alarm well he may have been the victim of a time-traveling hacker like joy reed and we will discuss that when we return stay on the lines we're going to get to your calls this is the grace curly show
1: Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions
2: every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
0: This is The Grace Curley Show.
2: The Justice Department is conducting a criminal probe into Representative Cori Bush. She's a member of the squad. She's a huge advocate of defunding the police. And the investigation has to do with the misspending of federal security money. Now, obviously, the irony here is that she doesn't want anyone else to have protection or security But that's because and I think we actually might have this available. That's because let's give a flashback to people. She explains why it's okay for her to have private security, even though she's trying to defund the police in other communities. Um, This is a flashback of Cori Bush cut 18.
1: I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now.
2: And I say this every time I play this cut, but I would also like to fall under that category. Of people who believe their body should be on the planet. Count me in for that. Um, We will tell you more about this. We're waiting for the report from Punchbowl News. Uh, It's supposed to come out any minute now. And the other thing I wanted to talk to everybody about is the poll question. Because, and maybe even if I start talking about this, I'm going to negate my entire point, but... That's that's the name of the game. Sometimes we got to do it. All right. So today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to GraceCurlyShow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Emma, what is the poll question and what are the results thus
0: far? Today's poll question is: Does a celebrity endorsement help a candidate? Yes, it always helps. It depends on the celebrity. No, it always hurts or it makes no difference.
2: Now, the reason I chose this as a poll question for people who have not been following is that there are rumors and Kareem Jean-Pierre was asked about this on TV. There are rumors floating around that Joe Biden is desperate. Well, that's not a rumor. We can confirm that he is desperate, but he's desperate in particular for Taylor Swift's endorsement. Now, since then, since that story came out, I've seen all of these headlines and all these conservative people on Twitter and on social media talking about how, um, you know, it's ridiculous and Taylor Swift should stay out of it and all these things. And I'm thinking, you the conservatives reaction to this is risking more people voting for joe biden than taylor swift endorsing him and and here's what i mean it's like okay so taylor swift endorses joe biden the news cycle goes comes and goes nobody really cares okay some of her followers will listen to her but yeah they were probably gonna vote for joe biden anyway if they're listening to taylor swift's political opinion And that's fine that's fine they're gonna vote for joe biden anyway but when conservatives get so bent out of shape And start going on TV and talking about how no one should listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. You're going to make a martyr out of this woman who people love. And you might not understand it. And you know what? I have a lot of listeners who make fun of me for being a Swifty. You might not understand it. You might not like her music. That's your prerogative. But face it, people love her. She puts asses in the seats. She has an incredibly large fan base. Do you want to tick them off? I'm not saying that you need to go to her concerts. I'm not saying that you have to consume her music. But if she's going to get political, let it come and let it go. The second you start criticizing and and giving it more oxygen and telling these young people they shouldn't be listening to Taylor Swift, do you know what they're going to do? They're going to love her even more. But it's like Republicans have this thing where we have to be the old grandpa in the room being like, she stinks. Don't listen to her. I miss the days of Elvis. It's like, just shut up and let the moment come and go, and, and nobody will care about it. But instead, you have Vivek Ramaswamy, who I like, going on Twitter and saying, uh, uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, their relationship's fake, and it's all this plan by the NFL to have the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. This whole thing, it's like, we, if this is the guy they're floating for VP, you, you focus on something else. Do not be focusing on this. This is not a winning issue for Republicans attacking Taylor Swift. I hate to be the one to tell people that. So my answer is, it's a long way of saying, it doesn't make a difference. Unless we make it make a difference, which is where we're veering towards.
0: 41% agree with you. It depends is still leading with 50% and it hurts in third with 6%.
2: Because I also, I, I don't go along with this idea of, oh, it doesn't make a difference because she does have a huge impact or a huge following. And her fan base, they're they're I consider myself a fan, but I'm a, I'm a normal person. Some of her fans are crazy. And I just don't think you want to poke this bear. Just let the bear listen to its music. Let the bear put on its friendship bracelets. Leave the bear alone. This is not the hill that Republicans should be dying on is making fun of taylor swift or angering her fan base and that's all i had to say about it when we come back biden's border crisis is in the news we're going to talk about his response to it what he says he needs and what's going on in roxbury don't go anywhere
0: Live from the Aviva Tratria Studio.
2: CBS has a tweet out. It says Biden tells reporters that he has decided how to respond to the attack that killed U.S. troops in Jordan. And Bonchi, who I follow from Red State, wrote back, Biden is treating this like The Bachelor, that this retaliatory strike hasn't already happened is a failure. Yeah, he keeps going out and being like, well, we know what we're going to do, but um, you'll see. You'll see. Like he's like he's putting us onto this cliffhanger before the next big episode. And they they keep mapping this out to all the reporters. John Kirby's talking about it. Biden's talking about it. I don't get the strategy, but I don't think there is a strategy. I don't think they get the strategy either. Um, One thing, speaking of just having no strategy whatsoever, when it comes to the border, Joe Biden has no idea what he's doing. And he has shown no effort... And really no motivation to stop this flow. In fact, he actually told the illegal aliens to come in the first place. He told them to surge the border during his debate with Trump in 2019. So it shouldn't be a shock to people that they're surging the border. And he seems to be pretty happy about it. But he was talking to reporters. And again, this is the last 48 hours have been terrible for Joe Biden. And I don't know if the, there's a method to this madness, but it seems like this is the most free reign they've given him in months. Like another war is going to break out, the border's overrun, and they're just sending him out there to talk to reporters with his weird sneaker shoes on. It's very, very strange. So anyway, he's talking to reporters about the, the border, and uh, this is what he said. Emma, can I have cut 12?
1: With executive authority, or is there more you could do? Absence, but on not all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got it off. Give me the border control. Give me the people, give me the people to judge
0: Give me the people who can stop this and make it work for He's not even
2: trying to make any sort of coherent argument as to why this isn't his fault. Give me the border patrol. Give me the judges. Give me the power, he's saying. Can you elaborate, good sir? What the hell are you talking about? Does he know he's, you have a lot of power when you're president. Is he aware of that? He must be because he knows that he can like defy the Supreme Court decisions when it comes to student loan debt. He knows he can throw, this dude can throw his weight around when he wants to. But when it comes to the border, he acts like he's a victim of circumstance. He acts like he's just a regular person watching this unfold, like he's had nothing to do with it. And again, it comes back to this false dichotomy that he's throwing out to people of, I can't do anything unless Republicans compromise on some pork filled bill that's linked to Ukraine. And that's just false. False. That is just dishonest. There's plenty of things he could do, including enforcing the law, that don't require any sort of compromise from the GOP. And he knows that. And this is something that's now affecting a lot of different sanctuary cities across this country. And Massachusetts, we we talked recently about how there's a lot of illegal aliens setting up shop At Logan Airport, well, now, and this is from the Boston Herald, Governor Mara Healy's administration is eyeing the Melnea Cass Recreation Center in Roxbury as an overflow site for local and newly arrived migrant homeless families with emergency shelters at capacity. The decision to potentially use the center comes as homeless migrant families have been found sleeping on the floor of Logan International Airport's Terminal E. Now, um... This is a quote from retired Lieutenant General Scott Rice. We have been in close discussions with Roxbury elected officials, the Roxbury community and the city of Boston about this potential temporary site right there, by the way. That should raise eyebrows. A temp- Very few things when it comes to these politicians or these officials, they tell you something's temporary. Just assume it's going to be permanent. I think the, the, uh, the tolls at one point, we were told those were temporary. Those were going to come down a few decades ago. So just be suspicious of that. If something is temporary, you better be comfortable with having it for the rest of time.
0: 15 days to slow the spread.
2: Thank you, Emma. 15 days to slow the spread this temporary potential temporary site oh potential is another word if if they say potential pretty much means it's already happening like the likelihood of this happening is high including and this is what rice says, including how to ensure the continuation of recreation programs so they're going to bring in all these illegal aliens to the melnia cass recreation center and then at the same time because they have a wait list that tops 600 families at the same time They're going to try to finagle away to still have to ensure that these recreation programs continue. Is anyone skeptical of that? Is anyone doubting that this is all going to be able to take place at the same time? Or am I just a pessimist? Our system is at capacity and there's an urgent need for additional safety net sites. And we appreciate the collaboration of communities to help us ensure that no family is left out in the cold. Now, Mayor Wu is trying to. She's trying to act like this isn't her fault because she knows people are ticked off. And so she's. But she also doesn't want to appear as so though she's throwing Governor uh Mora Healy under the bus completely. But I wanted to play a, a couple of sound cuts. I think these are from WBUR. Um let's have let's let's go right to when she brings up Trump because I'm I'm curious how she works this in. Cut twenty three. It was a shock to realize that there were ways in
1: which in twenty seventeen after inauguration. We now had to prepare ourselves at the local level to be fighting against our own federal government to protect our residents. And so in some ways, we're kind of, you know, building back that muscle, I suppose, um, as we anticipate the horror of what cannot come to pass um, this year. But
2: I, w- You're I will referring say to
1: the election to, of Donald Trump as the next yes. president of the United States.
2: Oh, OK. OK, I get it. So because when Donald Trump was president, We didn't have this influx of illegal aliens setting up shop at Logan or Melnia Cass Recreation Center. The muscle of Mayor Wu's administration and other officials to cope with that wasn't being used properly. like they didn't have to deal with this when Trump was president and so now they're they're a little bit rusty on how to deal with a mass influx of illegal aliens because when Trump was president they didn't have to deal with this and that's why Trump can't become president again because what would we do without 600 families setting up uh, shelter at the Melnia Cass Recreation Center in Roxbury? What would the people of Roxbury do if that recreation center was used as a recreation center for their children? The horror. Can you imagine? That cannot come to pass. Jessica, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jessica.
1: Hey, Grace. Thanks so much for um, taking my call. So I live in the South End, and I actually go to that um, recreation center. So Friday night, we're part of a community tennis program, and they told us, yep, they're kicking us out. And it's just unbelievable to see the reaction. Nobody cares. Nobody, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we, got, we have to house these people. Of course, where are they going to go? And I just want to know, like, what are the rules? So if someone comes from Ohio, so if someone comes from East Palestine, do they get housing? Do they get shelter? And, and, like, the complete cognitive dissonance from my friends who can't, like, understand, gee, groceries are so high. And I go to South Bay in the morning, and I see hundreds and hundreds of single men waiting to pick up jobs at Home Depot, and then they're complaining about union wages. Complete cognitive dissonance from the people that are surrounded by me. They don't pick up an article. Nothing. Nothing. It's just mind-blowing. And so, once again, they're not putting them in Swellbly. They're not putting them in Deluxebury. No, 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 no. Right in Roxbury. So yep. I take it upon myself to tell my crossing guard, hey, you know what you're doing? You're going to get kicked out of your public housing, your EBT housing, everything, because these people are coming in. It's just mind-blowing. It's so, so frustrating.
2: Yeah, and what Jessica just said about people who are, you know, ignorant to the issues or, you know, they just they just don't want to know, that's part of it that I find worth looking into. It's like, is are people ignorant and they just or are they trying to be politically correct and they don't want to say the wrong thing and they don't want to appear as though they are MAGA boomer rubes who are you know acknowledging reality and saying wow this seems like an untenable situation we we really can't be housing families from all over the world in the recreation center in Roxbury that doesn't seem like it's doing these families um It seems like it's doing these families a disservice and it's also doing our community a disservice. The the fact that people are either A, unaware of that, like they can't actually connect the dots, which is what Jessica just said, or B, are so afraid of acknowledging that reality and being ostracized from the Swellsleys of the world or from the Deluxe Berries and being pushed out as a non-woke hater, as a xenophobic, racist, MAGA Republican. That's always the thing I go back to. And really, let's take it back to Joy Reid, the comments she made about Joe Biden, because I always wonder this about the media. I always wonder, is the media so in bed with Joe Biden and so in bed with the leftist ideology that they actually now believe it? That they've been listening to this nonsense for so long that it's the George Costanza effect. It's not a lie if you believe it. Like, they could pass a lie detector test because they truly believe their own nonsense. Or are they just banking on the fact that the viewers, the people in this country who hate Trump so much and who consume this stuff round the clock aren't going to do their own research? And when I heard the cut of Joy Reid saying with disgust about Joe Biden he's going to get us into another bleeping war, I thought... Oh, OK. So it's the second one. So you are smart enough to know what a disaster this guy is. You're just hoping that the people that you're regurgitating this propaganda to aren't smart enough to figure it out. That's what you're banking on. 844 We'll continue to take your calls on this when we come back. Um, if you aren't aware yet, I'm sure you will be soon, in Roxbury, a lot of illegal aliens are going to be sent to the recreation center there to set up cots and, you know, some sort of shelter for these families. And Mayor Wu is basically saying, I don't have control of this. Governor Moore Healy's told us once before, you know, it's all hands on deck. They all kind of want to look to the federal government and blame it on them, which I, I think that's fair, It's definitely a lot of this is Joe Biden's fault. But you know who I blame the most out of everybody is the people Jessica was just talking about, the voters. I blame the American people for this. Joe Biden, Maura Healy, Mayor Wu, everybody who's been fans of these sanctuary city policies, they've been very honest about it the entire time. They have been very honest. Eric Adams, everybody who's now singing the blues about this and saying, woe is me. And I, you know, oh, it's not fair. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the space. There's no more room at the end. All of these politicians and officials have been honest and proud of their stances in regards to illegal immigration since the very beginning. Nobody was hiding it. Nobody was, you know, trying to be sneaky about it. The voters had ample opportunity to not elect these people, and they did over and over and over and over and over again. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we'll discuss. I wanted to tell people about Omaha Steaks because right now, if you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, you're not only going to get free, four free boneless chicken breasts, you're also going to get four free juicy boneless pork chops with your order. And I've got a big fan of the pork chops with me right now. Emma Foley, I didn't know that you're such a cook, but you whip up those pork chops like it ain't no thing.
0: Yeah, I like to meal prep on the weekends, and I got to take home the pork chops one time when the Omaha box showed up at the studio, and that was my first time cooking pork chops, and now I'm totally spoiled because now no other pork chop will compare.
2: Yeah, it's like flowers for Algernon. Once you try the pork chops from Omaha steaks, you got to stick with them. And really, it's like that with all the food. It's like that with the burgers, the filet mignons. Every delicious, juicy piece of meat that you're going to get from Omaha is going to ruin all other meat for you because it's just that good. And it's not just meats. It's not just, you know, the, the steak, the chicken, the pork chops. It's also the sides, the desserts. There's so many options and there's something for everybody. Plus, my favorite part is because now you know, I I leave the studio, I rush home, I want to get home as soon as possible. I don't want to stop at the grocery store. I don't want to pick through, you know, the stuff that's there at five o'clock or six o'clock at night. The great thing about Omaha Steaks is all of my food is delivered right to my front door. It's the best quality at the best price guaranteed. And I want you all to be able to enjoy this as well. So go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. My listeners will get four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops, and then let me know how you cook it up. I want to know your recipes. I want to know your secrets. So go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. Minimum purchase may apply. We will be right back.
0: The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show.
2: One of the texters is saying that Joy Reid, who was caught in a hot mic saying Joe Biden's going to get us into another bleeping war, that she can just say that a time-traveling hacker, you know, made her do it or hacked into her microphone. Yeah, but I think that excuse is not going to be available today, at least, because New York Representative Jamal Bowman, or as a lot of my listeners know him, the guy who pulled the fire alarm because he thought it was going to open a door, and really he was trying to obstruct Congress. He, according to the Daily Beast, promoted 9-11 conspiracy theories on his old blog when he was a middle school principal. So after being asked about his writing, the New York Democrat disavowed it, saying in a statement on Monday that he regrets his posts and does not believe in those theories. I don't know why he's even taking responsibility for it when now we know you can just blame it. Blame it on a hacker. That seems to be the best way to handle it. David, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, David.
1: Uh, Grace, uh, it's interesting that Mayor Booth's having a problem. Uh, on Martha's Vineyard in Tucker alone, that, that area, there's 100,000 hotel beds available in the off-season right now. And not only that, the same people who were telling us just a year or so ago, uh, or two years ago, I've talked to... Two weeks to slow the spread, get vaccinated, and now Jim and Logan Airport with illegals that, by the way, there were a couple of airports that had uh, illegals that, are, that went through that had measles. So now Logan, it's a petri dish of people that could possibly have measles. Now you got... Citizens walking through, getting exposed to potential diseases. I know that you know about this, but just reiterating it, Grace, that's all.
2: Yeah. And again, we go back to this is, I guess, the theme of today's show, which is there has to be a better way. Like you either have to be a humane, decent, grandfathery Joe Biden who accepts this and lets people walk in with measles and lets people set up shop at the recreation center in Roxbury or... You're a xenophobe, heartless, callous, racist like Donald Trump. The, no, there there, there has got to be a middle ground here. I think that a lot of what Donald Trump did, despite what the media fed people, was the more humane of the two. Having a strong border and not incentivizing people to come here in these astounding numbers and also sending kids here, sending kids here with coyotes and smugglers You know, setting that up or or setting up enough structure where people knew that that wasn't going to be tolerated, it discouraged that kind of activity from occurring. And right now, thanks to Joe Biden, thanks to this administration, thanks to everyone who's been aiding and abetting this kind of horrible policy, like Mayor Wu, like Eric Adams, like Governor Mara Healy. Thanks to all of that, we have a lot more brutality going on. And I don't just mean measles and diseases. I also mean what's happening to these kids who are being brought across the border. And oftentimes with people who are not their parents. This this kind of... Strategy, which is no strategy at all, there's nothing humane about it. It's actually very dangerous and very violent, and that's what we're seeing now. 844 500 4242. When we come back, we're going to talk to Toby Leary on the other side.